Hey, welcome back, folks, to the Brews and Belters podcast. Um, Kareem Benzema is the 2022 Ballon d'Or winner, and there will be no more debate between him and Robert Frodendowski. This is season two, episode 29. Uh, tonight, I am sipping. Toby's laughing, but he's on mute, so you can't hear him. I'm not the only one that thinks that's funny. Uh, tonight uh i'm sipping third space brewing um we've featured them multiple times they're here in milwaukee but they've got a new ipa called like a girl um and this is in collaboration with the pink boots society which is a nonprofit organization which supports women uh working in the brewing industry specifically in creating their own craft beer uh, oh, yeah. i thought was pretty cool yeah 7.0 percent um also known as seven percent you don't have to say the point uh when it's just a flat even number there but um actually really really good i'm not like crazy crazy huge into ipas i like them i don't love them but i really really like this one mm-hmm. tobes how are you what you sipping on how you feeling keeks what's going on uh real quickly about what you were sipping on uh i'm about 90 percent sure that Nicolaris is is 100 percent woman owned i want to say or like yeah and i think it's the biggest uh female either female ran or female as the head brewmaster brewery in the country i want to say i could be mistaken so i don't know if that has something to do with it in direct directness of wisconsin i'm not for sure but i know uh i know there's a lot going on there with uh niglaris and uh women kind of being the forefront in uh, the brewing industry so very interesting Um, I'm going to fact check you on that, but interesting. Yes, please do. While I uh, introduce my beer, you were talking about uh, points and how we could just say it as a percentage, but with arguably two, maybe even three of the best games that I've seen in the last couple of years happening within the last four days with uh, Chelsea Real Madrid in the Champions League and then uh, City Liverpool. And then I mean, I would even argue that City Adeletti today was a really good game. Um, just the way it was played. But because of that, uh, Brews and Belters here, we have a few rules that we kind of live by. And one of them is not to go over the 10.0 threshold. Um, so I am right on it today with a Bell's Hop Slam. Uh, double IPA is exactly at 10%. So we're, we're just teetering on the line right now. <laughs> Toby's playing the fire. Toby's playing the fire. We need Uh-oh. an alarm for that. We need a, we need like a, a little ad lib, not an ad lib, but you know, a sound effect for that a little sound bite. If we can figure that out, I don't know it's what just, the sound bite would be. It's just you but... going on a tangent. And it's like sped up. It's like really chopped. It, you know, it's like really screwed. Yeah, no, a couple amazing matches. We might as well get right into it. We'll we'll jump into the Premier League here and save the Champions League, I guess, for next. But um, City Liverpool two two very very hyped up match and it lived up to all of it in my opinion oh eh, yeah all of it i'd say um the intensity just throughout was outrageous um two amazing managers who respect each other a ton which is cool to see after the match uh pep gave a really long um post-match interview where he went up to the crew the the post-match crew out on the on the pitch and he congratulated um (laughs) um (laughs) Tim Howard on USMNT qualifying for the World Cup, which was just yeah, that was his first shout out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then he ended up giving a long interview, and and before that, they showed clips of him and Klopp like laughing and smiling and chopping it up for a pretty extended amount of time, which you don't see that often between managers. Mm -hmm. But they've both kind of expressed their like admiration for one of one another as as managers and um it was just cool to see in in that tense of a matchup um just to see two managers who are pretty intense like show that kind of respect towards one another so um that was cool it's always interesting to hear you know pep especially after a big match like that just being that he in my opinion is is the best manager of all time probably um certainly the best that that like our generation has gotten to really truly witness um, mm-hmm. him and you know Ferdy but uh anyway the match was was extremely intense city was definitely better in the first half i thought um they pressed liverpool really well we couldn't get the ball off our feet and couldn't channel it through the middle of the pitch anything that came came through the outside of the pitch which typically is how we play but to not even have the middle of the field really available to us i thought kind of uh put a wrench in everything 
Um, a little bit unlucky with the deflection on the first goal from De Bruyne, but a good response to get one from Jota and a little bit of luck coming back to us. Uh, yeah, some... instant, I, that was instant game on because the yeah. defense looked shaky in the first 10 minutes. I thought for a lot of the match, the defense looked shaky. Really, the majority of the first half, um, even Van Dyke didn't seem to have the same. I mean, typically he just looks almost too comfortable back there. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought he even looked a little bit shaky um, in the first half or just not quite as comfortable as he normally does. I thought Matt's hip looked pretty good. Um, but overall, just didn't didn't feel comfortable. Uh, but got got a little bit lucky. Joe to put one in. A uh, few defenders kind of in the way of Ederson, so he couldn't really get to it, even though it wasn't hit too far to his right. Um, but yeah, I mean, second half came out a lot stronger, much better passing through the middle, seemed a lot more composed and settled into the match. Um, I, I rem- at halftime, I said, if Mane doesn't play better, I thought he looked poor. He dropped back a lot into the midfield and didn't get the ball off his feet when he should have. Um, and I was thinking, take him off in 15 minutes if he doesn't start playing better in the second half. Mm-hmm. And immediately, um, Salah gets a ball out wide, plays a great ball into him, and Mane finishes it first time, hits it really perfectly. I mean, he had a defender on his shoulder and, and hit it first time and, and got it past Ederson. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just – Super, super back and forth. I would have liked to have seen Harvey Elliott on. I mentioned that last week. I would have loved to see how he responds in a big match like this. But I understand bringing in Nabi Keita and being a little bit more conservative here. Um, overall, just extremely enjoyable match to watch and and feel we were pretty lucky to split points. Um, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts overall on the match, Tobes? Uh, that was the best game I've watched in a very long time probably up until yesterday's chelsea real madrid game i would say is right up there in my opinion honestly based on stakes uh well i guess actually the the liverpool city game is a lot of stakes uh because i think whoever wins that game is i mean they're at that point it's you you lose and then you know it's it's in you're in the driver's seat if you win that game all you have to do is just win out you know now now there's going to have to be a little bit of luck because they're what with one point of each other, 74, yeah. 73, or 73, 72, I can't yep. remember. Yep, one point. Yeah. So with that, I mean, it's right there. Like, it's good. I think it was good points for Liverpool. Um, I do think City, you know, maybe if Raheem Sterling doesn't run so much like a little Raptor, he maybe doesn't get offside on that because uh, I think they had a goal called back in the second, if I remember right. Um, I don't know. Are you – do you ever take it for granted how just damn good Liverpool is? Like, I actually be a story season. Yeah, I no, I actually thought about this on the way home, and I mean, I've it's not like I've uh, my great great grandfather was a Liverpool fan and everything. I mean, I spar- I started supporting the club in like '07, um, so I mean, it's been 15 years, majority. I mean, over half of my life, well over half of my life, and we've had some pretty good teams, but where we're at right now competing for potentially a quadruple. Um, and I, I was just, I was literally thinking about this on the drive home, just spoiled to have, we played city in one of the most anticipated matches of the year. It lived up to the hype. And then we go and play Benfica in the second leg of a champions league today on, you know, two days later. And Thursday we play city again for the FA cup semifinal. And it's just like we just advanced to the to the Champions League semis. We're about to meet City again for another anticipated match in the FA Cup semis. We won the Carabao Cup. Like I, it, 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 this is the pinnacle as, as a fan, basically. And it's, it is nice. It's really nice. <laughs> but it's it's also it's also a little bit nerve wracking. Like I was I was sweating the City match the entire weekend, the entire week leading up to it, really, mm-hmm. and then. After that, in the back of your mind is, okay, Benfica is dangerous. Even though we've got a good lead on them, you know, it's still it's still a little, uh, a little bit nervy um, going into that. So, and then, uh, you know, again, we're, we're right back to City. So as enjoyable as it is, it's, uh, it's also pretty nerve-wracking, and, which is a good problem to have. I can't complain about that. Um, 
We just lost Toby here, so I'm going to stall for a minute. There he is. He's back. That was only about that was only about five seconds from from when I stopped talking. I said I was going to stall a bit, so we've got Toby back. Um, not too much time chewed up there, but overall, I, I was just saying, really, it's it's a good problem to have to be a little bit nervous, um, mm -hmm. just because you know we, we've got a lot to play for. So it is so, exciting. So ten years from now, when you have kids and you're forcing them to be Liverpool fans. Is James Milner going to be there still playing? <laughs> he'll be on the sideline. He'll be he'll be in the training team, and he'll just be like a. He'll probably uh, be a manager, honestly. Ten years yeah, from now. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I mean, so, he played at Leeds for a while. He was at City for a bit. Um, so I'm interested to see actually what he does after his playing career. But mm -hmm. yeah, I could see him just out there tearing up the training pitch at Melwood <laughs> easily. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, Great match. What were your thoughts on Tottenham over the weekend who have been playing arguably as well as anybody in the Premier League? Yeah, four straight wins. Uh, <clears throat> the top three, the front three are just clicking. I don't think anyone saw Kulisevsky coming here as a 21-year-old from Seamless. the alone. And, yeah, he looks like he belongs. Uh, Hyungman Son is once again on a heater. Had a hattie. Uh, three goals. Uh, by far, without PKs, he's one of the better. He's the best, actually, has the most goals of anyone without uh, taking away, uh, you know, non penalties. He's number one. Um, and yeah, I mean, Harry Kane is just coming back into that midfield position as like a nine, and just uh, his touches are phenomenal. He's in a whole other world right now. Um, yeah, I at first, you know, two weeks ago, I was still not very confident in top four. But after seeing Arsenal and United both drop points this weekend, uh, Tottenham just, I mean, they continue to click. And I think if you compare all three of their schedules, Tottenham has the easiest schedule. You know, they just play Arsenal. I don't mean that in a bad way, uh, but that's the most difficult game they have left on the schedule, I want to say. I, I don't think they... Maybe. I, I can't remember if they play Liverpool. Yeah. They so they do play Liverpool. All right. So that would be another one. But so it pretty much comes down to the Derby still. You know, that's what it's always going to come down to is the North London Derby. Uh, but yeah, Tottenham looks good. Uh, Villa doesn't look good at all. Um, yeah. Watched some basketball last night. And Tyrone Mings reminds me of Pat Beverly. Like that dude just gets underneath everyone's skin. He's good, but he's not great. And like, I mean, Eric Dyer's been playing pretty damn well. The back three of Tottenham has been phenomenal over this five-game stretch where they've won four straight. And, I mean, I would honestly, for England's call-ups, I would put him ahead of Mings and probably even Maguire at this point. You know, yeah. put him next yeah. to John Stones from City. Yeah, I mean, uh, the beginning of the year, if you would have said that, I would have thought you were fucking nuts. But recently, he's looked yeah. good. And Romero, I think the partnership's huge as well. You, yeah. you know, we talk about that at, at, with, with strikers pretty often, but... Obviously, the two center backs are a super important partnership, and obviously that that gets a lot of discussion as well. But I I think Romero playing as well as he does just adds to Dyer's confidence. I think it adds to the entire back line's confidence. Yeah, he he does this thing where he holds onto the ball 0.5 one second more than what I think he should, but for some reason he's under control the whole entire time, and he makes it look easy that it allows the midfielder who's tracking back to take one more step to kind of create even more of an angle. Yeah. And it actually helps him. And he's just, you know, he's cool under pressure and uh, he brings this physicality and even this slight shithousing dirtiness. We're like, you have to, I mean, the center back. Yeah. I can't remember who he blasted into when the ball was like out of bounds, pretty much. He like waited for it to go out and then he played them guy. And I want to say it was Maddie cash. Maybe. From Villa, but mm. it looked like he like hurt the guy. It was, it was, yeah. I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah, a little, uh, a little payback for how he, because I mean, Matty Cash, I thought that was a dirty tackle, and I could have seen that going red. I don't even think it was a yellow card mm -mm. Uh, on Matt Darkerty, and uh, that guy's season's ended. You know, he tore his ACL based on I, that tackle. I, I personally thought it was a fair challenge because he did he get would. the ball, and well, no, he got the ball and he went through Daugherty, and. 
I don't know. It just, it, it felt like he was sprinting into that challenge and it felt, and maybe sprinting into it as reckless, but it, I mean, it's a 50, 50 ball and he got the ball. So I, I thought that it was just kind of his momentum took Doherty out. And I mean, that sucks to see him go out, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I, I didn't have an issue with that challenge really. All right. Well, I'm not going to argue with you on that. I'm just going to say, let's move on. No. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll, move we'll forward. Go from there. Um, Arsenal dropping points, obviously huge. Brighton beat them 2-1. Um, and then bottom of the table, we, you know, and I guess middle of the table, top middle of the table, Manchester United versus Everton. Huge three points for Everton. Huge. And um, yeah. just out of nowhere, too. I mean, United are struggling, but Everton are also struggling. And uh, fighting off relegation, um, and then Norwich help them out big time from the bottom of the table, and they beat Burnley 2-0. So Everton have a little bit of a lifeline. Uh, currently the table, let me see here. So that would have put Everton were a point above Burnley, and just with that one match day, they are now four points above them. Uh, yeah. Each team have only played 30 matches, so they've got nine left. Um, so... Just huge at this point. Every, I mean, every single point counts, especially down at the bottom of the table there. So, um, yeah, yeah, we have I, we need a few more Everton supporters joining the Illinois chapter of the Team Pookie fan club. Um, you get a few more guys in there, you know, give them thanks for that uh, deciding second goal that he picked up for Norwich. Um, also, I think to get this ball rolling a little bit more with Everton, I think Richarlison needs to dye his hair. I think we need to get something <laughs> else besides the blonde. I think we need to. We need to get some uh, color in there and kind of go from there and try to pick up some more points, you know, boys? Yeah, yeah. Might as well mix it up, huh? Get on a little <laughs> heater here at the end of the season. So, <laughs> yeah, interested to see what happens with them. But um, should we just get into the champions or you got any more uh, You got any more Premier League bits you want to uh, discuss? Well, segueing, we can we can talk Chelsea-Real Madrid first. Um, but Chelsea did beat the piss out of Southampton over yeah, the weekend. Uh, really Southampton's did. been struggling. Um, I feel like unless they're getting a James Orton Prowse uh, free kick, that's about all they're getting. Uh, Shea Adams hasn't really done much up front, which is upsetting. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I wanted to bring up about this is Timo Werner's finishing. He hit the post on the left side, the post on the right side, and the crossbar before 30 minutes into the game. And still had two goals. Yeah. <laughs> the men literally could have walked out of there with a bag full of goals. Yeah. He could add six. Uh mm-hmm. Yeah, but good for him. Good for him grabbing two. Um, I mean, you, you hope that does something for his confidence. It, it it got to the point over this last year and a half, two years, year and a half, where I actually felt bad for the guy. Just yeah. it just looks so so unconfident on the ball. Um, I mean, every touch, even just just little passes, I noticed in the Champions League, even after coming off those two that two goal performance where. It was just a simple ball in the middle of the pitch, no real pressure, and it, it's just like it. It looks like he's really taking his time and thinking about just this simple layoff pass. I'm like, that is a guy who just has zero zero confidence right now. Um, but yeah, two goals and actually played fairly well in the Champions League match, and we yeah we may as well segue into that. Um, uh, the fir- the first goal came about in the 15th when Real um, let Chelsea hold on to possession a bit longer than they had been. Real had been pretty good about you know pressuring them and, and staying on them, but Loftus-Cheek had a pretty heavy touch about tw- 20 yards out, and it just kind of caught Werner in stride, and he played it off of his knee, whether it was on purpose or not, not really sure. Uh, but he played it to Mount in stride, who finished it really, really well. Yeah, smooth goal. Um, yeah, yeah, a little curler and into the right corner. They um, they needed that being down technically three one on aggregate to you yeah. know starting the game. They had to score two goals just you know just to equal them and send it to extra. So yeah, so a little bit of a little boost of confidence there for Werner as well. He can pass that off as being uh, on purpose rather than accidental. I don't know if it was <laughs> accidental or not, but either way, you saw him celebrate with Mount. It it felt like a, a big boost of momentum to him. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, Chelsea comes back and grabs the second, which equalized them on on aggregate 3-3. Really good header from from Rudiger on a corner. Everyone goes up. Uh, they're playing zone defense, and, and there's just a mass of people that go up for it, and it gets over all of them. 
and he kind of twists his body and reaches out his neck to his left and redirects it back to his right um, and just puts it into the the right side of the goal, right side netting, and just really difficult header that he kind of made mm-hmm. look fairly simple uh, to somebody who hasn't had to try and contort their body to, to redirect a ball like that. Yeah. So just really solid header um, from Rudiger against a, a club that he's rumored to potentially be joining next year. Um, he acted like it too, man. It's like he was like – celebrating with them <laughs> i felt like like you know like the ball got out of bounds and then he would like kind of slap guys on the ass while like running back to play off. like dude what are which you is doing? completely the opposite of rudiger who's typically oh. huge shithouser yeah he's a psycho yeah yeah so uh <laughs> and then in the 75th um a really really nice move from chelsea alonzo is for whatever reason um, their left back, he's for whatever reason, he's up in like the nine spot and he drops back into space, whether tactfully or whether just to get out of there as as that's not his position. And he drops back into space um, a little bit above the 18, kind of on the left side attacking Real's goal. Um, and he just receives the ball, plays Kovacic out wide, and he plays Werner in towards the middle, top of the 18, um, or really actually along the left side. And Werner gets it kind of down by the touchline. He fakes twice and then a little takes a shot, a little slight def- deflection, uh, helps keep it in. But Alonzo drifting back opens up that space for Werner to kind of cut in. And Kovacic plays him first time, no hesitation. And it just opened everything up. And um, he had two potential shots, faked on both, really, you know, uh, patient and just ends up opening up a shot. So I, I, I thought that was a really nice piece of play from Werner, uh, who, you know, as we've mentioned, has struggled with confidence. I, I thought that was really nice composure by him, a little bit of luck from the deflection, but um, it looked good. And it's, I mean, as much as I, I don't really love Chelsea, it is nice to see a guy like that who's obviously talented to, you know, score some big goals and, and get a little bit of confidence back. Yeah, that was around the 80th minute. That's so that at that point it's 3 0 Chelsea. Um, and 3 0 on the night, 4 3 aggregate. So they take the lead with that goal, exactly. And I mean, to kind of put in perspective how attacking Chelsea was in this game, they had 57% of the possession, which is, in my opinion, way more than I ever expected, especially against Real Madrid. Who I mean, uh, although they like to sit back and uh, under Carlos, they still. I think retained possession pretty well out of the back and they didn't necessarily do that much. Uh, Chelsea also had 28 shots, seven of them on goal and 10 corner kicks. That kind of shows exactly what happened. Both teams split with four yellows, no reds. You know, it was a, it was just a great game altogether. Uh, a few things that kind of happened after that. Uh, I forget who, do you remember who had the first goal for Real Madrid in that? Was it Rodrigo? I want to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So in the 77th, Rodrigo came on for Casemiro. Marcelo um, came on for Ferland Mendy. And Camavinga came on for Cruz. Yeah. So that and was in the 77th. Chelsea scored that that uh, leading goal in the 75th. And then after that, I mean, you're, it's pretty much game on. You know, it's a tie. It's, it, it's in essence, next goal wins. Uh, I know Chelsea sent on Christian Pulisic. They kind of went for it all. Um, and Chelsea, after the, like, 93, 94 minutes, you know, with the stoppage time, they had the better looks at the end of the game. I want to say there was two or three, one of which I thought Pulisic would have put away, but the other one I don't think he really had much of an opportunity to. He didn't even really know where the, the goal was when he was tracking the ball. Um, but, I mean, there was that. And I want to say Werner or Havertz had one in the 93rd or 94th minute. And then after that, it was, you know, it was extra time. Yeah. So, well, what I thought you were getting to, so in the 77th, those subs came on. In the 79th, to me, was a highlight probably of the Champions League so far. Um, Modric receives the ball like 30 yards out after Chelsea turned the ball over. Takes one look up, spots Rodrigo, probably Rodrigo's first touch of the match. Um, plays an outrageous ball with the outside of his foot right onto Rodrigo as he's running onto goal and he just puts it right on his right foot. He finishes on the volley and it's even again, four, four on aggregate three, one on the night. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from there out, it was just kind of back and forth. 
I mean, that's the class that reminds you over the last 13 years, besides Ronaldo and Messi, there's only one other person who's on a Ballon d'Or. And so, I mean, it's him, you know, and that was outside of the boot. That was, in my opinion, the finish was amazing, but that pass, like that pass, there's only a select few people in the, you know, in the world that will make that on a regular basis. Yeah. Probably Um, in the history of the game that can make that on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. In that moment too. And, and just, I mean, just the, I feel like that is the essence of, of being like a a world-class, not just world-class, but historically great midfielder is that being able to go down is that oh absolutely being able to turn and pick out that pass in a split second literally a second's time not just pick that pass out but play it perfectly with that technique Mm -hmm. uh i mean there's a handful of players who can do that ever ever in the history of the game um yeah, unbelievable. I mean, Rodrigo, not an easy finish, especially coming off the bench. He had to catch it, you know, on the volley, but Modric put it right there for him. I mean, as long as you hit it square, as long as you don't lose your focus in that moment and, and you get your foot on it, any professional striker can can finish that, I feel like. So, uh, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, and then in the 96, yeah, so, so pretty back and forth for the next 10 minutes. Um, a couple of chances here and there, but then in the 96 and in um, extra time uh, was the big break. Camavinga picked off a pretty lazy pass out of the back and played Vinicius along the left. And Vinicius just, I mean, this is, this has become Real's offense. This has become their attack is play Vinicius along the left and just have him play a ball into Benzema and see what happens. And that's exactly Damn, right. it works every time. <laughs> every fucking time. He chipped one in, and uh, they got a little bit lucky. Rudiger actually slipped in the box while trying to get back. He was he was playing a little bit closer to the keeper, mm-hmm. tried to get back and close out Benzema and slipped a little bit, and Benzema's left with a header. He goes near post as Mendy's coming back towards the center and just kind of crosses Mendy up. Hits it, hits it to the left post, and uh, that's it. That's yeah. the game. His, he's he's probably the best clinical header. Like he had two phenomenal ones oh, in the yeah. last game, and like I mean, they're not even within the six yard box. This one was maybe a step outside, if I remember right. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's. Yeah, so the one in the first watch. leg. The one in the first leg was from you know yeah just inside the eighteen. Yeah. Hit it with power. Um, yeah, he's he's unbelievable. I uh, there's a lot of conversation with him, Lewandowski, and, and Kane. And you know, I was saying earlier, I feel spoiled to be a Liverpool fan right now, but just to be a fan of of the game right now, like to have these three, to have these arguments and conversations over who's the best number nine, like almost feels silly. Just we're spoiled to be watching all three of them. We're spoiled to be watching Luka Modric make the pass that he made today. Yeah. Like, I don't care who you're a fan of. It's genius shit. Um, so, yeah, unbelievable. Well, I mean, instant classic as far as Champions League matches go. Yeah, and so Real Madrid moves on. Chelsea's eliminated. Same game. Villarreal, Bayern Munich. Robert Lewandowski is out there. Uh, he looked pretty good. Yeah. Um I mean, both teams honestly looked good. You know, they're playing in in Munich. And uh, to to kind of put this in context of how this is happening, I am watching Paramount's simulcast. So both games are on at the same time, and they are switching audio. And I was completely sober, and I was having a hard time keeping track of where Giovanni Lo Celso was because both – Chelsea and Villarreal had bright yellow on. So mm. I forgot which 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 side was which. And I was just like, where's Giovanni Lo Celso at? Where's he at? And, I mean, he played phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, this is, in essence, Villarreal is Tottenham's second team playing out there right now with three <laughs> castaways and a Um, And they pretty much defended the entire game against Bayern. Bayern yeah. came out. This isn't the same This isn't the same starters that they had in the previous one. There was a few, uh, a few flips. Uh, but – I mean, man, I expected Bayern. I think I told you, Keeks, uh, I expected them to win two or three, you know, by two two plus goals, a blowout is what I was thinking. And uh, I mean, it wasn't that. And 
Lewandowski got a yellow and he almost got a second yellow. And I want to say in like the 35th, 37th minute, he kept hanging his foot on when the defenders are clearing the balls and Villarreal, I mean, they're, you know, Spanish bred team. So they're going to, if they feel contact, they're going to go down for the most part. And I thought they baited him into that second. I, I thought it was a yellow card. I, I honestly, in my opinion, um, they didn't see it that way. And I'm okay with the ref kind of giving a little bit of lenience just for the fact that you don't want it to be one-sided that early in the game. Although it wasn't the 35th, whatever minute. Um, but I, I don't know, like, I guess it was great for Villarreal, but I just expected more from Bayern. I don't know where, I don't know where they were this last two games. I was, yeah. So it's weird. I, I could have seen it going really not this way i would have thought they they just kept them i guess maybe completely scoreless which they nearly did or yeah. i thought byron would just lay it on them and it would be like six nil or six one i didn't that I usually didn't, happens yeah no it, it does when you go back to byron so i didn't really know what to expect i, I thought it could go extremely one way or extremely the other um but as far as, you know, setup goes, it was what we expected. Like you said, Villarreal just defending like mad and looking to counter, which was basically the first match. Um, they had multiple chances off off counter attacks um, after just defending like crazy. It was it was funny because it was a really similar setup to Atletico versus, versus City. You knew that Atletico was just going to defend, defend, defend and try and catch them on the counter. And that's basically what Villarreal did against Bayern, and it worked in the first leg. They won one nil, and then in the you know today, uh, I think Bayern had twenty five or twenty eight, twenty three shots, um, only put four on, and then finally in the fifty second, you know Lewandowski scored. Ball played into him on top of the eighteen after Villarreal tried to play it out of the back, didn't do very well. You know turned it over just inside their own half. Uh, Two passes later, they get it to Lewandowski, exactly who they want to get it to in that situation. Puts one on the right post, hits it off and in. Um, but, you know, at, the, at that point, it's it's tied up 1-1. And I feel like the game plan stays the same for Villarreal. Just continue to defend, continue to defend, and trust that you're going to get an opportunity off the counter. PKs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or 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 hope that you get one off the counter, and that's exactly what they did. In the 84th, Chukweze, or in the 82nd, Chukweze came on, or the 84th, I believe. And then in the 88th, um, Villarreal counter out of the back. They play Los Celso through the middle, who found Gerard Moreno out wide on the left, and he just played a square ball across the box. And Chukweze, probably his first touch of the match, Finished it first time. Actually, an awful finish. He hit the top of the ball and just chunked it into the ground, and yeah. um, and Lucky it just popped it. up. It just popped up over Neuer and and went. Yeah. In. yeah, no, that was. I'm like, oh my gosh, he he biffed it, and it was like good that he did biff it because yeah. it like bounced up over his left arm because Neuer was in great position and like yeah. that dude has big ass hands, and yeah. so I was expecting him to stop it, and then that thing happens, and yeah, and so. I mean, Bayern sits or Bayern sits uh, continues to go as uh, Villarreal sits back, and I want to say in the I forget what it was in the stoppage time. There was quite a bit of stoppage time in this game, yeah. uh, and uh, Thomas Muller misses arguably one of the best chances of the game with a header that went off, and after that, it was pretty much game over. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with Muller because he's got to be 35 ish. Yeah, he's older, definitely. And, um... <clears throat> He he missed one in the first leg too that that could have could have brought him even um, you yeah. know not to say everybody everybody misses chances but uh, not I don't Thomas know Thomas Muller yeah typically not Thomas Muller so I'm kind of interested if uh, you know with all the talent that they've got if if perhaps maybe he's uh, moving on at some point or or hanging yeah. on I don't know I don't know I'm just speculating out loud but so Villarreal sat back. Adeletti sat back today against City. Yep. A little this chippy there. War of attrition. And for you being a Liverpool supporter, you love to see it because it looked like Kyle Walker and Kevin De Bruyne both went off with knocks. Like, I don't know if they're injured or just – I mean, they, they had 
either they were – I don't think they were forced off. Kyle Walker looked like he maybe had to go off for an injury. I mean, no one wants to see injuries. But in a title race, if you have a guy that's going to – I don't mind it as long as it's up. not too serious, you know. Yeah. I don't want the guy's yeah. career to be over. I wouldn't mind missing, you know, eight weeks, nine weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, back in time for the World Cup. Um, but that's exactly what happened, you know. And uh, uh, Adeletti did what Diego Simeone – Simeone wants them to do, and that is defend, 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 and counter when you can. And I mean, yeah, you, you want go over the game, Kings, because there were some yellows, there was a red thrown out there, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, pretty tame, like you said. Simeone's going to do what Simeone wants to do. Um, he's going to defend, 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 and try and hit him on the counter, and and that's what they did. They kept him scoreless. Uh, City was up one nil on aggregate. Last 10 minutes were really tight. A lot of chances for Atletico. Huge, huge block from John Stones. Um, Celebrated um, block, by the way. Yeah, that, yeah. That, in was essence, was a goal-saving. That was like scoring a goal, in essence. Yeah, yeah that was plus. absolutely on target. Uh, probably would have been scored. It was a laser. And, Around uh, that time period, Emerson was making A-plus great saves, too. Like yeah, That dude was yeah. on his head a few minutes. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, just really tight for, for that last 10 minutes because that's when Atletico starts to kind of gear it up. Like, all right, we got to stop defending. We got to go for it. And in the 89th, uh, Foden went down on a tackle by Felipe. And Felipe kind of carried through with his left foot and took a swipe at him. It looked very intentional upon replay. And then Savage goes over there and yanks Foden up to try and get him off the pitch so they can continue playing. Did. He gets a yellow, crowd comes around, um, Felipe got his second yellow, red card is protesting, refusing to go off, um, and just, you know, creates a whole scene. Absolutely deserved a second yellow, in my opinion, after watching the replay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely took a swipe at him. Um, Savage deserves a yellow as well, gets one. Um so yeah, ten this minutes. Is, this is when the wheels went off, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went all haywire. You've got you've got everybody in there beefing. Um, ten minutes of stoppage. Cancelo receives a yellow for a, a foul just outside of the box. Uh, that'll keep him out of the second leg or the first leg, excuse me, against Real Madrid. Um, and and they they play in a, a free kick, no score. Um, and, and it, it just kind of carries on like that for 10 minutes where Atletico is pressing and, and trying to get that goal and a couple pretty solid chances. Um, Correa had a good chance, but you know, city holds true and, and, uh, and they move on. So am I a Phil Foden hater? Cause I don't really care for him. Is, is, am I just a hater because of that? Maybe. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's so good at like 20 years old that it's just like i gotta hate him right yeah uh wow. and also i mean there's been some openings you know it looks like united is going with uh eric ten hagen or whatever his name is from ix um but man i am so happy diego simeone does not play in the premier league that dude just comes off as a complete like bastard when it comes to how he raises a team he got a yellow as well yeah he's just he's just so intense yeah he's the he's the person you want in your corner and you just absolutely never want to see him in the opposite corner ever yeah no exactly i mean it was to the point this game's over they're in the tunnels they had to have the cops come and like break up the teams because adeletti was just getting after it there's like Actual, I don't know what kind of camera it was, but there's like a GoPro type camera that just caught all this action and like a still shot. And you just see guys like slowly coming over and like other guys. So I'm assuming it was maybe like a Kyle Walker-esque type uh, city guy jawing. Jack Graylish, I think, got his hair pulled at one point by someone. You know, like it is what it is. You could do whatever you want, but you do not touch that guy's hair. He's officially Gucci. <laughs> Gucci certified. He's repped. So Gucci's got insurance on that hair, man. <laughs> you can't touch that shit. You're going to get fined. Um, other match, Liverpool-Benfica. This one was a tight one. Another one, like I said, I was I was kind of sweating even though um, we had the 3-1 lead. But uh, gave up some goals, made it interesting, but did what we had to do. Konate started off again uh, with a header from a corner. Good delivery from Simikas. Benfica responded immediately, though. 
Um, a little bit of luck. Milner stepped in for a tackle, deflected it to Ramos, who was through. Um, whether he was off or not doesn't really matter because Milner did play him on with his tackle. But a really good finish from him, similar to Mount's finish, actually. Uh, right-footed curler with a lot of power. And then uh, poor clearance from Benfica allowed Liverpool to go ahead again. Jota um, just turned and the keeper was out of position. It looked to me like he was trying to have a shot on the volley with his left foot. Ended up just being a perfect cross to Firmino for a far post tap in. And then Firmino comes back again on an absolute dime free kick from Simicus right onto Firmino's foot. Solid contact. He was close enough to the keeper where there was nothing he could do at all. Um, but Benfica just continued on. Long ball played into Joao Mar Mario. He got a slight touch on it, played Darwin Nunez wide. I don't know if that touch was intentional or not, but played Nunez wide, opened his hips up and finished it really nice. Little right-footed curler um, into the far post. Visions of Del Piero against Germany in 2006, just opening up the hips, really good technical goal. And then uh, they almost brought it within one again shortly after. Uh, Darwin Nunes had a strike. Volley, just fuck it. Two weeks left. Yeah, uh, Dar and Darwin Nunez is a goddamn man. He's like, the truth. He's a serious he, problem. He is going to be with Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool, City. He will be at one of those four. He's he yeah, he's already linked to Arsenal and City, um, yeah. and that will be a serious issue if he goes to either of them. I can see him yeah. fitting in really I well mean, with Arsenal. Uh, I don't even know how old he is. I want to say he's like eighteen. He's nineteen, yeah, 19 or twenty something. Yeah, I mean he's young and he's younger he's, than me by a by a margin. So. He's dangerous, young and dangerous. Yeah. Um, I mean overall this game was pretty fun. It was three three. There was even yeah. another Nunez goal that was disallowed that would have yeah. made it even closer. Would have put him within one goal with like three minutes left. Like who yeah. knows what could happen at that point, you know? And then right. if they win five three, or they they go up five three in the game and then they're equal on aggregate, go to extra. Uh, yeah, Benfica played a lot better than I thought they would. I mean, this is the team that I was shitting on two weeks ago, saying that they don't belong here, you know, and I still stand by that. I don't think they do belong there. Um, I don't even, I mean, I don't know, maybe they're Barcelona deserved it a little bit more, or maybe one of the other German teams or even uh, like United. I don't know. Like, but, uh, they, I mean, they were there and they played a whole lot better than I thought. And they showcased those all black jerseys last game. And that, that alone was enough for me. <laughs> Yeah, they look good. They look great. Um, yeah. I oh, mean, and you said, uh, sorry, are we are we done with this segment? Yeah, yeah, we we'll move on. Because uh, you said Thursday, uh, City plays Liverpool Saturday. Because um, I want to say the game's at like 10.30 Saturday on ESPN+, Plus, whereas all the other games are on NBC USA. I could really? be mistaken, but I thought that was right. Yeah, I think it's on – I think they play on Saturday – because then they play – I'm pretty sure Liverpool plays midweek Premier League. And so okay, maybe I had a mix up. Maybe I had a mix yeah. up. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Saturday. so there's two FA games. And yeah. then Sunday is the the derby between Chelsea and Crystal Palace. Who do you like in both of those? Oh, City-Liverpool, I, I really can't decide again. Um, I think I said last week leading up to the Premier League match, I could see 3-2 one way or another or a 2-2 draw. And we got a 2-2 mm -hmm. draw. Um, I mean, I could see the same thing. That's the exciting thing, too, about this matchup is not only all the talent and the stakes, but they actually go at each other. There is no hesitation. It's it's not a conservative matchup. Both teams play aggressive, and they go at each other. So I can see another you know, 2-2, 3-2 match. Um, and then Palace-Chelsea is really interesting to me because Chelsea – you know they didn't look they didn't look great leading up to the Real match, um, the first leg, and then they get beat three one, and then they come back, dominate in the Premier League, and then they play really well against Real in the second leg. Mm -hmm. So if they keep that form going, I think they take care of Palace. But Palace have looked really good as well. So um, that one's I'm. Almost as excited about that much up as I am Liverpool City, honestly. Because mm -hmm. I think you just love really Palace. Excited. I just love Palace. Yeah, I really do. I just love Palace. I, my honestly. my mind 
my mind is telling me Chelsea, but everything else is telling me Crystal Palace. I want Crystal Palace. It's the I magic of the cup, cup, man. Yeah, it's the magic exactly. of the FA Cup is is the fact that we have Palace in the semifinals with Liverpool City and Chelsea. Yeah. That is the magic of the FA Cup. And I, I really, really hope that they beat Chelsea. Not even anything against Chelsea, just just purely for the sake of the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get to boost cheers and belters, uh, something real quick. Um, we do you know anything about this? Because I haven't really researched it, but the the Ramadan breaks that they're having, where Ramadan is breaking uh, in the evening, and so they're kind of having like a gentleman's agreement. It looks like like an in, like an injury where they play the ball out and allow whoever is fasting to get drinks of water during the game. Yeah. Um, have you seen that during? Because I have not seen it. I guess it's been happening during some of the games, but not any of the ones that I've watched. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. It would make sense okay. that they would do that. Um, oh yeah. And yeah, I feel so- like I've heard of that in the past, but I I haven't actually noticed that while watching over the past uh, what two weeks so far that yeah. Ramadan's been going on. Well, I want to say Antonio Rudiger. I thought he was a Muslim from Germany. But I'm not for sure because I don't think they did a water break during the Champions League game. So that's why I wasn't for sure. If it was just like a, a some teams do it, some teams don't. Or like I, I wasn't for sure. Yeah. Yeah. FIFA and I didn't. I didn't see one in the Liverpool match. Salah came on as a sub though, so potentially it could have been before he came on, um, and maybe he just got water before. I'm not sure. And Mane didn't play. Um, those are the only two Liverpool players that I know for sure are uh, practicing Muslims, so I'm not sure. Yeah, so just a really quick search. It sounds like the Premier League is still whatever on the fence about it, but the in the Bundesliga, German referee committee agreed that they would pause the game, um, that they would allow a pause in the game. It's kind of like a, you play the ball out and kind of go there, and they'll add, the, uh, add it in the extra time. So Bundesliga is always on top of it, man. Premier League never is. Bundesliga never yeah. fails. No. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, well, yeah, uh, as far as boost cheers, belters, I really don't have much. Uh, Rafina had a belter this past weekend, actually, for uh, um, for Leeds in their match. Again. Shout out Jesse Marsh. Yeah, 3-0 yeah. victory. Yeah. And those those uh, purple league jerseys, I like them. I love those light purple jerseys, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Easter, Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everyone. That so. is a big, uh, big Easter Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you there. But yeah, big 3-0 win over Watford. Huge for, for Marsh. I'm interested to see what he does with them. Because uh, yeah. it looks like, you know, they're they're well clear of staying up now. Um, for a while there in, in the middle of the season, it looks like they made Yeah, be. that had to be just a big old ball in his throat the entire time you know like you can't swallow because you're just stressed out like oh my god are we gonna go up we're gonna go down like yeah i took over for the guy who got us up and now i'm gonna send us down like after they want me to be here to keep us up so yeah yeah, big win for them uh jack harris is it harris or harrison i can't remember i'm pretty sure it's harrison Harrison. yeah harrison yeah that dude is he's a stud in my opinion he had another man he he had one as well that that yeah that was a belter in his belter i mean that was a screamer man yeah, I went with uh, I went with the UEFA Europa Conference League, not even the UEFA uh, Championship, but just the Conference League. Uh, Marseille's Dimitri Payet, that dude, man bun volley belter. Love to see it. Love to see the man bun. I felt like we kind of got away from that with Leeds last year, but here we are again. We're back. We got the man buns on. This you got too high program. on the bleach. You got too high on yeah, the bleach. You, you left the man buns yeah. behind, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, eighth grade Toby trying to bleach his hair, and it turns out orange. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Like, <laughs> there's only so much you can do with Clorox. Um, so I have a boo and a cheer. It's from the Bundesliga. My boo is for Gio Reyna and his ligament damage. Uh, I'm not going to speculate what exactly it is because I don't remember. Um, but I definitely, I want to say it's a hamstring or a knee issue. Uh, I don't know how long he's out for, but it's out for a while. He he got injured within the first like minute and a half, two minutes of the game mm-hmm. for Borussia Dortmund, and uh, walked off the pitch or was pretty much carried off the pitch crying. So yeah, uh, boo for that, boo for anything that might happen to him for USA. Uh, that's kind of my thing. I mean, like yeah, I don't want him to be 
hurt for Dortmund, but uh, especially the United States. So that's my boo. And then my cheer is for uh, kind of what you were talking about with Timo Werner going through some stuff. Uh, it's for Tottenham's Ryan Sessegnon, who uh, has been opened up and uh, has made a lot of a lot of news uh, for his being open about his uh, mental health issues, and especially when he went over to Germany and kind of struggled over there a little bit. Um, and how he started, uh, you know, seeing a doctor and talking to them. And, um, you know, that's kind of becoming a thing in the Premier League, especially where I know I think of the most recent team that's kind of gone on with a full-time psychiatrist-type doctor uh, was Manchester United. And uh, it's kind of becoming a thing, which I I think you need it. Like, if you have a guy who's struggling that much, like, I mean, it's kind of like baseball at that point, you know. Like, Timo Werner, like, can you imagine being him over the last – 12 months, 16 months. Yeah. Be yeah. Rough. I mean, I mean, and you think about it too. A lot of these guys, they get thrust into this environment of incredibly harsh criticism when they're. Yeah. Kids. How much can you live up to you? You know, your, your 25 million pound contract that yeah, when they're kids, like, man, you, you didn't come up with that. That was someone like your that your parents told you to hire to come up with, you know, and, and they're giving you that money. And the next thing you know, you're being compared to some guy who had that same number on his contract when, I mean, it's not at all fair, but yeah. I mean, that's the business. And honestly, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm one of the people that criticize everyone. Mm-hmm. And I've been a team of Werner hated for over 16 months, not even 12. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But uh, for him to open up about that, I thought was huge. And uh, yeah. I think, I think you need more of that, honestly. So yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great cheer. Um, yeah, I mean, again, these are these are human beings, and a lot of the time, young kids. You know, they're they're anywhere from eighteen to you know twenty five, and that doesn't doesn't mean that you know the older players don't don't need that treatment as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of harsh criticism, but um, I'm actually cheerless and booless. I like both of your your boo and your cheer. So. That's, that's come gonna, on, come that, on my side, Keeks. Yeah, that that suffices for me. Well, uh, follow we us on follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Bruise and Belters. Um, and if you see anyone posting pictures, or if you have a hoodie, post it on Instagram and uh, tag us. And uh, yeah, if you want anything, DM us, and uh, we'll put you on an order list. And yeah, yes, sir. Cheers. All right, what was that? When did we start? 756.